All right, yo, can everybody give it up for the alumni in the room? Let's go. Can you also give it up for the students who are holding it down? Come on, come on. I love that. Listen, so I'm not nervous, 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 but I'm nervous, nervous. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, we're gonna read <laughs> Colossians 4. So if y'all can pull out your Bibles or your Bible apps, we don't discriminate, uh, let's do it. I got my Bible up. And we're reading Colossians 4 um, from chap verse 1 to verse 9. Um, we're not going to read the whole uh, chapter 1 because it's just a whole bunch of shout-outs that Paul is doing. And I love shout-outs, but uh, y'all don't want to hear me try to mispronounce those names. <laughs> so, yeah, if you don't have it, we have it on those uh, slides. But, um, yeah, Colossians 4. Verses 1 to 9. Sweet. So it reads like this. Masters, provide your, slaves with, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote your, yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, and that God may open a door for our message that, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chain. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most out of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. All right, this is the hard one, y'all. Uh, Tishikas, yeah? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother and a faithful minister in the in and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that for, to, for the express purpose that you may know our circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful dear brother who is one of you, they will tell you everything that is, that is happening here. Amen. Amen. So if y'all can just bow your head and help me pray real quick. Um, God, thank you for today. Thank you that you brought everybody here on purpose. I pray that you remove me so that you can get across what you need to get across. Amen. And so I just need everybody to forget that it was midterms week and forget that spring break is next week and just focus on here and what I believe God has for us. Um, and again, Paul likes shout out, so I want to give a shout out to Blaine and Jolene for starting off the series. I feel like they did a whole lot of work so that I can just relax and just communicate what I have. Um, so shout out to both of them. Um, I want to start by saying that I feel like Paul, if you read the letter, he obviously has something that might not have a title. I think I'm calling it uh, an unfair grace. So basically what I see as an unfair grace is basically like, Paul is understanding that wherever he was in life, he didn't earn it. It just kind of fell into his lap. Uh, and so we see that Paul, at some, at some point, he was, a, he was persecuted, right? So the Bible says that he was um, whipped and he was stoned. He was stoned so bad that they only stopped because they thought he was dead. Like they left him for dead. That's the only reason why he survived, right? And I feel like we all have been in that place of persecution, whether it's like through a systematic oppression or even just bullying, right? Like, we've all been in that place uh, of being persecuted. 
But then Paul also finds himself as a persecutor because he used to be the person that used to uh, chase around Christians to put them in prison. Uh, and like we, we see that he will take anybody that just confesses the name of God, which he would just put them in prison. And I'm, I don't want to say that he didn't kill any Christians, but I want to say that he was okay with Christians being killed. So he was the worst of the worst, right? Uh, and so what Paul has found is that when he was a persecutor and when he was persecuted, the grace of God was big enough for him regardless, right? And I think what at times we forget it's like, I don't know, for me, like, <laughs> I sometimes forget that the grace of God is big enough for, like, the bus driver when they run off and they see you running to catch the bus. It happened to me this week, yo. Yeah. It happen, it's happened at a U, it's happened at Georgia, and it happened in D.C. They just, like, they be seeing you running. All right, whatever. Um, the grace is good enough. The grace of God is huge. Um, and so I think what, what Paul is showing me is that, right? And in... What's really important and what Jolene and Blade uh, introduced us to was that this is a prison epistle. So it's a letter written from jail, right? And <laughs> what I like about Paul is that he's not necessarily asking for anything besides prayer so that there could be an outlet for him to share Jesus. And normally, if somebody comes from jail, they actually want you to go visit them or put some money in their commissary so they can buy all that stuff, right? He's not asking for any of that. He's saying, hey, yo, I want a channel for the faith to grow. And so what Paul, where Paul finds himself is at a place where he's not, no longer persecuted or a persecutor, he's a reconciler. Right? So he sees the grace of God as like, let me bring those two people together. Right? And that's what's so beautiful about this letter. And so I want us to look at the first verse. So in Colossians 4, verse 1, we see that it's a really interesting verse. So it says, masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. And I think that's super revolutionary. Like, as a black person, I read that, and I was like, ha, I don't like the sound of this. Like, that's the first verse. I, gotta, I don't like the sound of this. And then <laughs> as I did some research, and it really is revolutionary what Paul is introducing. And so first of all, up the bat, like slavery back then and the slavery that he's referring to is not the same one as we are used to in America. Maybe not used to, as we dealt with in America, right? It's not the same one. Like over there, they used to, a lot of this, the majority of slavery happened because somebody owed a debt and they were paying the debt, right? Uh, but also, as, as, as we see Paul is in saying that you're supposed to treat your slaves like your heavenly master treats you. And last time I checked, my heavenly master died for me and brought me into, my fa into his family, right? So, so not only do you have to treat me like somebody, a member of your family, you have to be willing to give your life for me. So I, I'm just seeing like, okay, so it might not be the same type of slavery. It might not be it. So I'm fine with reading it now. <laughs> right. But, and yet again, I want to come back to the idea that grace is unfair, right? Grace is unfair. Uh, Paul was a persecutor, was being persecuted, and at both moments, God met him, right? And now he finds himself as a reconciler, somebody who doesn't care about either one's right or wrongness, but cares that they come together and become siblings, right? So that's what I love about how, what he's communicating here, right? And through, through uh, 
and through, I feel like a lot of times, specifically for me, I feel like there's times that I, in my pursuit of social justice, I felt like it came at like the expense of my faith, right? It was like, I don't know, for me, it was hard being black and being Christian, right? I don't know if y'all can understand it. It was just kind of hard, because I feel like as I pursued to balance the world out, I, I saw a lot of things that I just didn't, couldn't conceptualize yet. Yeah. So if anybody know what the word woke means? Yeah? Cool. So I think I'm in the right place. Good. I'm in the right place. Uh, so I didn't know what that word meant until I was a sophomore in college. Right? I found out about it at a retreat. Uh, it was uh, one from my other job. It was DC Reads. And I found out, found out about it there. Somebody, everybody was using that word. And I was like, OK, what does that word mean? Cool. And so I did what I always do. I asked a question. But I didn't ask like I know like people normally ask. I was like, hey, for everybody in the room that doesn't know what that word means, I know what it means. <laughs> but for everybody in the room that doesn't know what that word means, could you guys, you know, explain it? And they explained it and all that stuff. But I've come up with my definition of it. Uh, and so my definition is, let me read it so I get it correct. Good practice in it. Is an alertness of the invisible systems in the world and how unevenly balanced they are, right? I feel like that's, that's how I would define it, right? Yeah, but I also feel like part of that definition comes with an action part. There's an action part that comes with that definition, and that action part is like our, this, our, our continue, continue work to dismantling those uneven systems, right? right? And I think that uh, sometimes in that process, we forget that what God has to offer is more than what we have to offer. Right? That grace that's unfair and that we can earn, we forget that that grace, we can't give it, only God can give it. And so I think the groundwork that I want to set is like, yeah, like my knowledge is not good enough for people, right? My, my, my support is circumstantial. Like some days I'm better at supporting somebody, some days I'm not. Depending on my relationship, that, that, it changes, but the grace of God never changes, right? It, 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 again, rescue Paul, the persecutor, and it was there for Paul, the persecuted, right? And I think what Paul had to understand is that while he was a persecutor, he could not, he didn't deserve the grace. While he was a persecutor, he couldn't, he didn't deserve the grace. It didn't matter how many times he asked for forgiveness, the grace was too big for him to achieve. And when he was persecuted, it's not enough work that he can put in to earn that grace. God freely gave it, and that's why that grace is unfair. Right? And again, I feel like Paul has mastered this art of, again, not in the, in the process of throwing out what's wrong, not leaving it there. I think that he did what I think we're called to do. We're not called anymore, no longer to be persecuted or be or persecuted, right? We're not we're no longer that work reconcilers, right? And I want to read uh, verse 9, if you can follow with me. And in verse 9, it says, he is coming with, help me out, on a, on a, on a, on a simis? Yeah, my guy. Our faithful dear brother was one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. And so what I didn't know when I was reading this is that under, my guy was a slave, right? He was a slave before he became a brother, right? And so 
this Paul was written from this letter was written from prison by Paul, right? But he also wrote another letter called Philemon, Philemon, right? And <laughs> Philemon, basically, what what happened there is like there was this man. He was he had mad money, and the church happened to be in his house where he lived, right? So he's like he's a he's he's well known, he's respected, all that good stuff, and he had a slave, my guy, and. <laughs> what what happened is a lot of the slaves back then used to have, hold like really powerful positions. So, so for example, you could be you could be an educator, and like if the educators leave, that's a problem. And so my guy ran away, and so that means that somebody wasn't doing their job. So by law, he was breaking the law. He didn't complete his sentence, and he was he left. <laughs> but also, it turns out that he also stole something of value that harmed Philemon, right? And so that happened, and somewhere along the way, Paul meets the slave. And Paul, by law, is required to submit the slave back. But by a different law, the law of grace, he introduces him to Jesus and tries to do something different for him, right? So you know how we're supposed to dismantle things? So he writes this whole letter telling Philemon that because Jesus was his master, he had to deal with his slave the same way Jesus would deal with his slave. You know what I'm saying? And so that meant that you had to restore him back to the family. Like the whole idea of the prodigal son, that's happening right here. And so what's beautiful is that he's restoring something. He's building something. Like the law says that the slave is supposed to be punished. He cuts harm. Like in this moment, the persecutor, the person causing harm, is not the slave owner, it's the slave. So by society standards, he's the bad guy. And so when Grace met him, Paul started to advocate him so that he could be restored back to the family. And then Paul did something else. Paul then started advocating so that he can release him from his duties so that Philemon can go and preach the gospel. And so, sorry, not Philemon, my guy, right? And so, and to me, that's revolutionary because I think a lot of times I thought that I just ha I had to destroy a system, and then a lot of times that cost me my faith. There was a point in my life, uh, specifically when I was an American, where I did not want to say I was a Christian, just because I just I didn't want to be associated with Christians, right? I used to say, no, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm not a Christian because you know I'm not part of those people, I'm not part of that history. And in that moment, the Lord brought me back to where grace met me. So grace met me not as a, at, a, at a woke place. I wasn't as woke. And the beautiful thing is that God dealt with me in the, in the private settings. Like I had friends that stuck with me when I was super ignorant, when I was perpetuating racism, sexism, all the, you know, all the isms. Like God met me in private. Grace found me in private. And so he reminded me that. And then he told me that I have to own our history, that it's not those Christians over there, it's us over here. Paul would have told me that now it don't matter what they did or what you didn't do. First of all, you did a lot. First of all, you're nasty. <laughs> and in that nastiness, he still likes you. You know what I'm saying? And so I could, I, you know what I'm like, we've all been in that. Like we've, none of us want to be the, the villain in the story, right? We all want to be the hero. I don't, I don't. I don't want to be a villain. I want to be a hero. But I'm not always a hero. I'm not. But the grace is not, 
depending on if my hero or not, the grace is depending on like, yo, like, I took on this for you. Jesus took on that for us. And so what I want us to discuss on, your, on our tables is basically who have we written off that, we, that God is asking us to see them the way he sees us? What systems maybe? What places, what organizations, what people? What enemies, what bus drivers, you know what I'm saying? He's asking us to see like he sees. You know? So yeah, can chat it up. Yeah, I'll give you some time to talk about it. So as the band comes up, ooh, Johnny. All right. So as the band comes out, I want to remind you of something that for me is huge. So in Mark 11, 17, so that's like, for those that like drama, where Jesus goes inside the temple and he just starts whipping everybody and kicking them out, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, really the only part of the New Testament that I like. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And so that verse, again, will always stick in my head, because that's when, again, Jesus goes off, throws everybody out. But then he said something that for me is like crazy. He said, my house would be a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah, you've turned it into a den of thief. And so <laughs> in there we see that Jesus was also outraged with the imbalance of the systems and how things were not necessarily a good picture of heaven. How the other nation was outside and the sex was segregated and only the businessmen were able to occupy his house, right? So he was obviously outraged. But then what he does next is also really crazy, too. He also gives, gives up his life for the same people that he threw out, right? So as we think of those people, those things that we have written off, let's always remember that he also died for those things. And if anybody here feels nasty, know that he is not repulsed by you. He's in it with you. He's in the mud with you. Um, everybody can stand up. Yeah, as the worship team leads us in worship, I want us to just try to remember where grace met us, right? To, to, to that one time where we were like, yo, this makes sense to me. I can't believe you, the most perfect being in the world, wants relationship with me. Think back to that time.